Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, and Robbie Earl is still recovering from our trip to the Kentucky Derby. So we're upgrading today, and I'm joined by Tim Howard in his place. Here are today's topics. First of all, anybody out there, enjoy Mother's Day today. If it's Sunday, hope you had a good Mother's Day if you're listening or watching later in the week. But here are the topics for today's episode. Liverpool fight back to draw with Spurs, but still drop two points in the title race. Man City respond with a resounding victory over Newcastle at the Etihad. Tim's Everton pick up a massive away win at Leicester to lift the Toffees out of the relegation zone, while Leeds fall to Arsenal and Burnley lost at home to Aston Villa. Plus, what to make of Manchester United after losing Brighton 4-0. And we officially say goodbye to Watford, who are relegated after defeat to Palace. All that coming up in today's episode. So welcoming, Tim. Thanks very much for coming in um, and upgrading our show. So I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate it. Let's start. Before we get onto the football side of things, we had a kind of an interesting weekend, my friend. We went down to Louisville, Mm -hmm. Kentucky, and we took in the Derby. Was it? Is that right? Is that right? So we took in the the Derby on the Saturday. Um, What's kind of... It's the first time for both of us to go down there and experience that. What will be your takeaways from that little experience? Well, uh, you know, you and I, we, we did the show. We got to travel back here together and I just think the pageantry of it when you think of the run for the roses you think of springtime and um, you know men in their suits women in their dresses and the hats and it's just Mm. it's a phenomenal day just smelling the cigar smoke and seeing everybody excited about the races and um, I was amazed that nearly you know we were Mm. there on the paddock nearly everybody we spoke to had a soccer story, had a I football know, story. I, I, mean, I know we saw the scarves, and some people mm. had pins on their lapel, but everybody had a soccer story, and it was amazing. It felt like a fan fest, didn't yeah, it? A little bit. It really like, did. With our set there, and people coming up and wanting photo- photographs, and and of course, a lot of Everton fans yeah. there wanted to chat with you and stuff. It was, uh, yeah, and I think that's like, I know it shouldn't be an important part of it all, but it's kind of fun to see right. how the sport is growing and how people are watching it. <clears throat> um, it just got busier, busier through yeah. the day, didn't it? There's a buzz behind us. The horses started to come into the paddock, and the and the, the race was shown on the screen behind, and the cheering, and all those that were happy to win, and those that weren't winning were less happy. So, it was a fun day. Um, but of course, that all packed away. We had to jump on a flight and get back here yeah. to to Stamford to show today's games. And I mean, again, we've had a pretty interesting weekend, Tim. So let's let's get cracking here. I mean, the the main game from yesterday, the late game yesterday, yeah. was Liverpool versus Spurs. It ended up 1-1. I mean, I think we expected this one to be the mm. hardest one for Liverpool mm. just over the recent games in terms of the run-in to try and catch Manchester City. And it turned out that way, didn't it? It did. And, you know, credit to Tottenham because I just thought the way that Tottenham play, they defend in a deep block, they give you the ball. I think that's a recipe for disaster in the Premier League because I just think these teams are so good. And you talk about Liverpool mm. and Manchester City, they're the top teams. When you give these teams and these players so many opportunities near, in and around your box, and I know you're defending with numbers, Mm. there's always a piece of magic. There's always a bit of a Mm. mistake and a deflection, which we saw yesterday. So I always think it's it's worrying when you defend so deep and concede so much possession. But one thing I noticed about the Tottenham players was they never got frustrated. Uh, Going into halftime, I thought they hadn't had much of the ball, they hadn't had many opportunities, and yet they're all so collectively bought into Conte's way of doing things you didn't see arms getting thrown up. You didn't see guys yelling at each other, play the ball here, 
They just defended. They waited for their opportunity. They knew they'd get one or two, and they did. I, I was a little surprised, Tim, at how well they defended because I think Spurs, we know that Conte is going to do that, and it was super 5-4-1, and they were very compact. Mm -hmm. Harry Kane's pretty close to the midfield mm -hmm. players and then, of course, their own goal. Um, I think you're right. I think there's, they're, they're so drilled in that now. I just I questioned whether Eric Dyer, mm -hmm. Ben Davis. Mm -hmm. I like Romero as yeah, a defender, yeah, Tim. Yeah. I think, I'm not going to say him because I think he's a really good natural defender. Whether they could handle the movement and the creativity of Liverpool. And they did. They did. They did. We did the highlights after the game. We did the highlights here today. Um, there wasn't that many chances created by Liverpool. Mm -hmm. They get their, their goal. Spurs, lovely, lovely football. It's a tapping finish at the end by Hyomin Son. Liverpool get the goal back to make it 1-1. And kind of that was it. There's yeah. nothing, not much else to say in terms of you know who deserved it. Spurs deserved their point, yes. and Liverpool didn't do enough on yes. the day. And Spurs' game plan, it wasn't just parking the bus, which is something mm. that, that gets thrown on certain teams. Yeah, they defended deeply, mm. but there was, a, there was a plan. There was an energy about them when they got forward. We know they're good at doing that, and, and it plan worked pretty well. Um, just while it's in my head, Jurgen Klopp's <laughs> in your head as well. Um, listen, we, first of all, we love, well... Yes, I, I, I do as well. Right, we all love Jurgen yeah. Klopp, right? Yeah. His energy, his yeah. drive. What a brilliant, brilliant coach he is. A brilliant coach. Um, does he sometimes... Is that a little bit disappointing? As we're total neutrals mm -hmm. in this, mm -hmm. that he, he, he has a bit of a dig, a kind of a direct dig. At, yeah. They've got world-class players. And they sat back behind the ball. It's yeah. not the thing that I want to see. I don't like that. I wouldn't coach that way. I respect what they did. But he chucked in quite a bit of criticism, yeah. Tim. Yeah. Did that... Does he let himself down, or is he just a winner, and it's okay to be a bad loser sometimes? Probably that. Probably yeah. he's a winner. Uh, he, he doesn't like not getting his way. Right. Understandable. Right. Uh, I think, look, the problem I had with it, and I love Jurgen Klopp. I think the way he's yeah. one of the best managers in the world. Um, when you say that you don't like the way a team plays, and you couldn't coach that way, and that team has world-class players, then basically you're pointing the finger directly at their manager and saying, you should play a different way. Let me say this. On record, football can be played in a trillion different totally. ways, different formations, different ideas, different theories. And we can enjoy one way more than yeah. another. That's, that's... Yes. And by the way, if I'm looking at Liverpool and I'm any other manager in the world bar two, if you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with my team, yeah. you're going to get beat. No. So guess what? Probably don't want to go to Anfield and, and play the Jurgen Klopp style that he wants you to play against yeah, him yeah. because you'll get beat. Yeah. So, well done to Conte. Particularly, particularly that that's what Conte's good at. Yes, you know? yes. In terms of defining game, Tim, I remember saying in our studio <clears throat> down at the Derby, like, we're going to get a story here, yep. and we have got a story. Yep. I mean, particularly if there, was a, if there was a winner in this, that mm. was going to knock the other one out of what they're going for, top four for Spurs, of course, or tight for Liverpool. A draw, though... It's damaging for Liverpool, yeah. Tim, isn't it? And, you know, and Spurs have got a chance to... They've got to beat Arsenal on Thursday, a game that we'll cover here, of course. Incredible North London derby. How damaging for Liverpool? Can they go again? Can they win it from here? Mm. Yeah, look, I, I don't think the narrative changes too, too much. Um, City were favourites. They're slightly better favourites yeah. now. Um, I think in all of this... Ever since we were over in England at Manchester City and we watched the Liverpool yeah. City draw, ever since Liverpool didn't win that game, they were always going to be in hope mode, right? Yes, now, now they, need, they, need, uh, they need Manchester City to lose, mm. which is far more difficult than trying to figure out where they can get a draw. Yeah. But ultimately, if City went out, that was always going to be yeah. the case. So they need a slip-up from City no matter what.
Mm. Absolutely right. And any standout performers? I'm just thinking of, you know, it, it, it was just such a difficult game. Thiago, I thought, was great in midfield, mm. but couldn't quite connect that final mm. ball. You know, defensively again, you know, we looked at the game, Tim, and there was so much of the game that happened down Liverpool's side. Uh, both good for them going forward mm. with Trent and Salah, but also good for Sessegnon. I thought Ryan Sessegnon was good for Spurs yeah. and Son. The goal comes from that side with him coming yeah. in from the left-hand side. So, big, big game, defining game. In some ways, a little bit unsatisfactory with it being 1-1. But I think, you know, that's going to make a difference. And we'll go on to talk about Manchester City actually next in a second and what it means for them. Mm. But uh, we expect it to be the toughest game. It turned out to be that way now. Yeah. Uh, they've got Villa next, Liverpool away, mm -hmm. Southampton away, Wolves at home. They've got an FA Cup final between some of those games as well, which is big for them. So I think you know, Liverpool fans were hoping of the quadruple team mm -hmm. and, the, and the four. So difficult, difficult to pull yeah. off, more difficult now. Yeah, I think what Liverpool have to really focus on is if, if the Premier League doesn't work out the way they want, if, if Manchester City don't drop points... Mm. Liverpool can still pat themselves on the back because here's what they don't want to happen. They, want, they don't want to get so downtrodden on themselves for not winning the Premier League that they slip up in the FA Cup, mm. Cup that they slip up in the Champions League because they yeah, still had yeah. a fantastic season no matter what happens in the Premier League. So, well, have, saying, saying that, if they lose the FA Cup final, Chelsea... Yes. And Real Madrid win, yeah, which is yeah. not... In, yeah, yeah, they, not they come out the season with just a league. That I agree with, but that's my point. Yeah. Staying focused on winning those trophies. To make sure it's more Look, than that. The, quadru the quadruple is nearly impossible. That's why yeah. people are talking about it. Right. So you shouldn't, we shouldn't get too caught up in it. They shouldn't get too yeah, caught up in it. The we will. Of it. In the disappointment of it. Because there's some other good things on offer for them. And they, but as you said, if they end up not doing that and winning the trophies and losing the finals, we will yeah. be disappointed. Yeah. Man City, of course, all eyes on Man City today uh, on the Sunday, the later game Sunday against uh, Eddie Howe's Newcastle United. 5-0 as Newcastle late in the game, I thought. Mm. Was, there was no damage limitation. Yeah. They wanted to score. They wanted to entertain. They're expansive as ever. They got punished. Mm -hmm. um, any, any surprise it was so definitive? Did you, any thought in your mind that they might have a hangover from the Real Madrid loss and defensively poor... I mean, for me, they were right back into Premier League mode, yeah. Premier League zone, control zone, let's get the ball. In, almost impossible for Newcastle. By the way, I, saying that, Newcastle started pretty well. They, they played did. their game and took, a bit to, to, took the game to, to Man City for the opening 20, yeah. 30 minutes. But pretty definitive from City, wasn't it, after yeah. that? Yeah, and I think we, you talked about it on air. You know, this Premier League mode that they're in, they send, they, they send a notice to every, every other Premier League team every week. Like, if you're not... If you're not this good, we're going to beat you, and we're going to beat you handedly. Like, you can start well. I think you need to get. I think you need to get an early goal. You need to get a first half goal against City, at least to make them have to chase the game, leave holes yeah, at the back. Get a bit more times, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe. But even then, they just—they are so far and away dominant to every other team, besides Liverpool in the league. That it didn't surprise me today. And in fact, I love what Pep Guardiola said after the game. They were, co they were cognizant of it at halftime. They weren't just going to 3 0, okay, everyone's yeah, happy. They, 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 they going wanted for goal more. Difference. Yeah. I spoke about it after the, show, after the game where I said, You saw the celebrations from Pep and his players at five. We, don't, we rarely see mm. that from top teams. It's usually, it's usually smooth sailing. So that tells me they talked about it. They said, You know what? Go enjoy it. Okay, Champions League's gone, but go enjoy this run in. And we saw that today. I, I think I'll pick up on that point because Pep like punching the air yeah, and yeah. running around and big celebrations. It, it's not really Pep. And 
I think the commentator said it, it's all part of the healing process. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. Yes. Like, I mean, that's such a body blow to lose that mm -hmm. Champions League semi-final mm -hmm. out to Real Madrid the way that they did. And I felt like today was a healing process. We're together again. Yeah. Come on, let's get excited for another Premier League title. Yeah. It's not easy to do, which it isn't. And, and you know... You consider how good this Liverpool side is, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, me and Rob talk every, twice a week on this podcast, and we, you know, we're, we're astonished by how good Liverpool are with the different players now, the, the strength, etc. Well, this City team, are, yeah, yeah have proven over what thirty-five games now, yeah. but they're better, yeah. I mean, and that's pretty incredible to see and to take there. Well, um, let me let me say this: uh, I think the scary thing for the Premier League is that team, Manchester City, in I don't know, call it four weeks' time. It's going to get even better. <laughs> you know, we talk about the targets they're chasing. Right. But I will say the same thing about Manchester City as they did Liverpool. They could be disappointed about going out in Champions League. But by gosh, winning the Premier League in the fashion that they've right. done it, as, as well as they've done it over the last few years, yeah. they should be punching the air. They should be celebrating a 5-0 win at home to Newcastle in the running because they deserve it. They've had their off days, Tim, mm -hmm. Man City. Mm -hmm. But would you agree, I said later in the show today, that they still look to me to be the team that can win games mm. easiest yeah. or easy, you know, easily, m more than any other team, even Liverpool. Liverpool, of course, have done brilliant. They've got a yeah. great run. There's just a bit more, I feel a bit more anxiety about Anfield when they're trying to break teams down, they're trying to win. I mean, Spurs are a little different because Spurs are a really good side. Yeah. But City, when they play against a, a, a lower side, I mean, I sit back and think, well, it's only a matter of time. Oh, yeah. They find ways through with it's these midfield plays. I know. Yeah. So is that an indication that they are the best team in the league, given how easy they can win so many games? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I look back to, to when Liverpool won the league a few a few years back. You know, it was there. There were every, every. It was talked about how often they scored late goals, right? So, there, so these games yeah. were tighter. Yeah. Where, yeah, okay, City are, are every now and again shows they're human and they slip up, mm. but it's comfortable. Yeah. The, the, we know what the narrative is. They're going to dominate possession. They're going to pin you in your own end. They're going to put you in that spin cycle in and around the edge of your own box. It's almost going to be, as you said, a matter of time. All right, let's just try and figure this out. There's three games left. Yep. Now, let's just assume, yep. and Liverpool's aren't easy, in fact, a little tougher than, yep. than Man City's. But if Liverpool win out, they can get to 92 points. Mm -hmm. Three games remaining for, for Man City. Wolverhampton Wanderers yep. away, yep. West Ham away, Villa at home. Now, what's got to happen is... They've got to lose one of those three. Mm -hmm. And then if we're, we're assuming everything else is won by mm -hmm. them and Liverpool. That yeah. will put them on even points. <sighs> goal difference. They have a four-goal a four better stat on yeah. that. So, again, even if that happens, they've got yeah. still got a chance. Or they win one and, and draw two. How possible is that, again, Wolves away. I mean, West Ham away, draw, possibly. Yeah. Villa at home last day. They could get upset there, Tim, maybe. Yeah, uh, look. Like, the, some of those front players that Villa have got. The great thing for us and for all, for all the public watching, I mean, I, I think, look, I think Wolves have been stubborn. They don't concede a ton of goals. West Ham had a bounce back. Okay, all, all beat against Norwich. Yeah, yeah. But they've shown they have some players in the forward areas. And, in fact, you and I, I believe, were in studio when West Ham played at Anfield, right? And, you know, they, they should have actually scored a couple yeah, they, of goals. Yeah, they were great in. Chances, they great were great chances. Great chances. Yeah. And in so, behind, yeah. so they, this West Ham team is actually used to going toe to toe in some of these big, yeah. big games. So it won't be easy. I'm not saying that for one second that I think Man City will capitulate, but I do think Wolves and West Ham are tricky. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so ultimately for 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 the neutrals going into the last game of the season, yeah. it's still all to play for. So. It's yeah. still all to play for. Let's hope so. 
Somebody else going into the last game with probably something to play for mm. is your former team, Everton, yeah. Tim. Of course, everybody, everybody you know, gravitates to you with your, sure. your experience and knowledge there, and it's, it's fascinating to get kind of insights about the club, what I've seen. And mm. again, they pulled off a victory here, and I felt strongly before the game today, Tim, we talked about it before the game started, that this is winnable for Everton. Yeah. Given, given the, the drive from the fans, given that Chelsea victory... Yeah. And Leicester's out of the Europa Conference League. They risked, was it six changes today? Um, were you surprised that they won the game? Or, or, or are we seeing an Everton club that you know the spirit and the, and the I don't know, the desire yeah. is going to find a way to keep Everton in the league? Well, let me say, I, look, I looked at Everton's fixtures after today. So I thought, okay, Leicester game will be difficult. I thought Chelsea last week would be difficult. They did it. Leicester... You know when I knew today that Everton would get a result was when I heard Brendan Rodgers talk and he said mm. they're they're out of the cup yeah and you know the the league form wasn't hasn't been very good and he just said you know we still have something to play for the, uh, that feel good factor going into summer and I thought I've heard that as a player before I've I've actually been in dressing room where my team finishes mid table and you think. Absolutely nothing to play for, yeah. and we saw that. And today. he said more things, by the way. He said yeah. more to him. He said, "We got suspension, we injured players. We've played, you know, nineteen cup games and more than yeah. anybody else. We've Thursday to Sunday." Yeah. He made a ton of, yeah, yeah. of yeah. kind of re- excuses, reasons, whatever sure, sure, you want sure. to say, like, like that it was going to be a difficult game yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and so, when I looked at Everton, I just thought last week, I knew it. The, the Everton fans. Set fireworks off at the Chelsea Hotel. Whatever you think about that, legal, illegal, wrong, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. They did it to help their team. They, they welcomed the bus on Goodison Road. All the flares, all the people went inside the stadium. It was absolute brilliant scenes when they beat Chelsea. And I just thought from that moment on, and I was proven right again today, mm. I thought from that moment on, this will be what the fans do. They won't just turn up for the next four games, five games. They'll be in voice, in song, in, with flares. They'll be at Team Hotel. They'll see the team through training sessions. So I just thought they're going to get Everton through this. And it's, it's been proven so far last two games. Uh, Everton will beat Watford. They'll get something there. Brentford's been tough. Palace. Brentford, but those two games are at Goodison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fans are going to gonna be fever pitched to get... I mean, you, you now start to look at it and you're like, well, hang on, three, but, but maybe you four, five points. I mean... They'll get to 40. You get, you, they could get a 40 points. They'll get to 40. Which is, yeah. I mean, honestly, a, a few weeks ago, it's like, wow, where's the next win coming from? And that's why it's dangerous for everybody, us included, to look at the fixture and say, well, they've got some difficult games. Sure. And we do it all the time. You never know where these teams that are fighting for their lives at the bottom. And Burnley uh, was the same. Burnley was the same. Burnley was the we same. Couldn't have, we couldn't have thought. Three wins possibly. out of four from yeah, them. Absolutely. Now, Leeds United, and we'll get to them uh, in a second, actually next game, I've got, I've got to find ways to do that as well. I want to ask you about Jordan Pickford because, yeah. God, blimey, Tim. Yeah. You know, give me, give me, like, instead of, like, take out the last two or three sure. weeks. Sure. General thoughts on Jordan Pickford mm-hmm. minus the last month. National team, Everton, yeah, everything. He, he's, uh, he's been criticized for his time at Everton for some mistakes. But goalkeepers at the highest level are going to make mistakes. He's brave. He has his bravado. He has his confidence. He actually doesn't care about those things. And so mm. there have been times when he's made mistakes. He's put on an England shirt for the last however many years as number one. He's not put a foot wrong. Know, yeah. He's not put a foot wrong yeah, for England. Loves him. Yeah. yeah, as he should. And so now you're starting to see more of a leader. So, so there's always a switch with, with players, and you know this from you go from being a good player yeah. or a good teammate or a top player 
to being a leader. Yeah, you feel you're important to you the squad. You feel you're important to the team. You yeah. feel that how your energy gets conveyed onto the team, to the public, to the, to the supporters. That's when you become a leader. Jordan Pickford has become a massive, right. massive leader for his football club. I'll tell you what, Seamus Coleman has been there 13 years, doesn't have a ton of time left at the football club as a player. Mm, mm. The next captain of yeah. Everton Football Club, yeah. if, if it's not Jordan Pickford, I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked because those are, those are the performances he's put in, but it's, it's also the character that he's showing. I want to ask you one more thing about Pickford because mm. I think it's fascinating. And, of course, like it's great to have you on this, the podcast to explain this. I think we both agree. Watching him keep goal now... He is as sharp as a tack. Yeah. His feet, his yep. saves. He looks yep. like he can't. It looks like he's unbeatable. Yep. And I think you know. I remember some great goalkeepers that I played against and stuff. I think there's a, there's sometimes you get into that mode. Tell me, Tim, what it feels like to be in that mode mm. and how you get there. I mean, he is like yeah. top form. He's top form. You know, when I when I look at goalkeepers that are in that zone, he's certainly in that zone. You look at the performances he's put in recently, but also Chelsea What, last what did you week. feel like when you were in the zone? Because yeah. you, you know, and it, how did you get there? The ball, I always often say, the ball feels and looks like a beach ball. Right? Beach balls are easy. It's big beach balls, colorful, you can yeah. see them. You see it right away off the striker's foot. You're quick to react. Your, your bootlaces aren't tied together. Yeah, you just, your you're, in this, you're in this, it's poetry. And that's what you see the way he moves across the goal. He's not fumbling things, putting balls in good areas. It's just so easy. Everything slows down. A striker pulls his foot back in his back lift. You just kind of, you know he's going to go right. Mm. You know, we saw that last week against Chelsea with Kovacic at the end. He tried to give him the eyes and go that way. Jordan Pickford never leaned one way. He sat, went. But it was it, it was perfect goalkeeping, and he's been in really good form. Yeah, he has been in great form. And, and fair play. Fair play to Everton. Yeah. We, we talked with Roger Penn a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I think they might do it. I think, forget about what fixtures have got coming up. Uh, the, the, the heart and the spirit, mm. and I know there's a few weeks to go, and I know that, but if Everton get out of it, that, for me, mm. and I'm sure it, it's naturally for you, Tim, will be one of the big stories of the season. Oh, yeah. It just will be. Like, wow, they look like they were down and out with some of the defeats they had, and the club, the team, and the fans who saw it again today, they stayed beyond for like yeah. uh, maybe an hour. Yeah. Uh, Shouting, Frank Lampard came out to give him another clap. Brilliant, brilliant, well, let, brilliant. Let me add that with yep. Frank Lampard. I, I think it's important for Everton Football Club. There's been too much up and down, too many managers, too much turnover, yeah. too many players in and out. They need some stability. And I think what we saw today, the fans clapping, staying for, for however long after... Frank Lampard coming back out. It was almost this moment of mutual too, acceptance. Yeah. Like, all right, this is the man to do it. Yeah. You want him to continue in this vein. Yeah. And quite frankly, had they gone down, I don't know if there'd be another switch there somewhere. Yeah, probably. They need some yeah. stability, and Frank Lampard can do that. But right now, he needs this on his CV to stay up. He's, he's learning a lot, mate. Yeah, he's learning, learning a, lot. a lot right now. Yeah. Okay, so Everton's gain was Leeds United downfall. And Arsenal 2, Leeds United won mm. the result from... from uh, the Emirates Stadium, oh, God, blimey. Uh, again, a quick goal. Eddie Nketiah is the first story. Let's talk about him quickly, Tim, yeah. because we know that his contract yeah. is up. We know that there is a contract on the table that he's not signed, mm-hmm. probably because it's not a contract of a, of a player that they expect to be an important, important part of the team. He has had an opportunity with Lacazette dropping to the bench, and he has taken it with both hands. I mean, he's got to, they've got to upgrade the contract, haven't they, for Nketiah, the club? Yeah, and look, he's, he's my underappreciated performer of the week. I, what I like about him is everybody talks. All players talk. Very few players go out and do it. And he basically said, I, I, yeah. I want to run in the first team. I want to be a first-team performer. I do it for the England under-21s. And I thought to myself when I heard that, I said, well, then go on and do it. And Mikel Arteta has said the right things. He's done the right things. Mikel Arteta loves 
Anthony Nketiah. He's put him out there, and he's rewarded him with goals. And quite frankly, he's doing what Lacazette couldn't do for this club. He's leading the line. He's putting himself in dangerous goal-scoring situations, yeah. getting the goals. And look, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that I know they've come to a standstill on the contract. Yeah. He'll sign a new contract. Yeah. Arsenal will give him the offer that he wants, and he'll sign in the summer because they need to keep him. The, the only thing, Tim, and I'm sure they'll try and get him to sign, could there be... You know what? I know now, but you're going to buy a new striker. Sure. I'm going to be sat on the bench. I want to play. Sure. For my opinion, and I'll get yours in a second, I get that. I get the frustration. But your age mm-hmm. and what you've done in, in, in international youth levels through the team's mm-hmm. incredible amount of goals, by yeah. the way, and what you're showing now, if somebody else does come in, you're going to have to suck it up and get on with it yep. for me. Yep. I know you want to leave. Yep. Leave an Arsenal football club. Yep. Tim. I, mean, I mean, you played with some great clubs, correct. Man United and Everton. I didn't. To, to walk away from a club like Arsenal, yeah. you know, wow, that, that's going to be difficult. So I hope he signs. I'm sure the club will try and get him to sign a deal and offer him more money or whatever it is. But he is certainly one of the stories. Now, and, and in, t- in terms of the top four challenge, they're in a great spot now, Tim. They're four yeah. points ahead of Spurs. Um, big North London derby on Thursday, of course. After that, by the way, Arsenal have got, after the Spurs away, they've got Newcastle away and Everton at home. Mm-hmm. Again, this is going to probably go both sides but we are we're really I'm scared to say it but confident now that Arsenal can do it or can Spurs go there and do a job on them on Thursday and and, and turn it over again I actually think I think Spurs can can do it Uh, I I, I do think Spurs just wins on on Thursday I do which then that's it it makes it tight but but it makes it tighter but 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 then after that I think they both went out and 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 Arsenal will finish fourth. It'll be Five tighter. Point, yeah. But but if Arsenal, I mean, the, the crazy thing is if Arsenal get to three points Thursday, North London Derby, it's like massive gap. It's a seven-point gap. You know, yeah, it's, it's just like, and it's, it's done. Enough. It's done and dusted yeah, at which, that point. We, we'll report that and we'll talk about it and we'll, we'll like, praise Mikel Arteta for the yeah. job that he's done. So it's really, it's really a must-win for Tottenham because, really you know, look, Arsenal don't want to lose, but if it's a, it's a loss or a draw, they're still probably going to win out. Yeah. Just switching over to Leeds United because that was a big story for mm. me today. Everton's victory, Leeds United now in the bottom three. Luke Ayling sent off. Mistake from Ilan Melia, the goalkeeper, for the first goal. You know, uh, we saw Jesse Marsh afterwards, Tim, that I thought mm-hmm. the first time looked a little um, rattled by mm-hmm. the situation right now. He's, I think he's done for the most part. He spoke really, really well. I really enjoy listening to, to him talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's tried to connect the fans. He's clapped them. He's had huddles. He's, he's done everything to bring the club together. And it's worked, by the way. Yeah, the fans yeah. love, like, love what he's done so yeah. far. Results were pretty good. Now he finds himself in a situation where Everton are finding remarkable results and mm-hmm. Burnley have found remarkable results. Mm-hmm. They've got to go and do it themselves. Again, I'll just go through the last three games of Leeds United. Chelsea, they've got midweek at home. Mm. Brighton at home. Mm. That's going to be a must-win. Brighton can, can frustrate you with their possession. Yeah. And Brentford away. Brentford are flying right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just enjoying being in the Premier League. Leeds United now... Your favourite for relegation, Tim? Yeah. I mean, I, I look. I look at it and just think. I think with the fixtures Everton have coming up, which we spoke about, I think they get to forty points at least. When I compare Burnley and Leeds running, I don't think Burnley get anything at Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham away. Yeah. Okay. Villa away next. So, ah. so Leeds doesn't get anything. Oh yeah. Against Chelsea. Right. So that's a wash. So they have two games left. You know. Villa and Newcastle for Burnley, it's going to be difficult, but, but Leeds have to find... Brighton just brushed aside Man United, by the way. We'll get to that, right? 
That's not going to be an easy game. No. Brentford, and then Brentford away. You know, at, at home, you know, Brentford at home, the Brentford's going to be at home at the end of the season. They've had a brilliant season for their standards. Are they in cruise control? Are they on the beach yet? Maybe. But Leeds have got to find something there because as it stands right now, I mean, that look at their minus 35 goal difference. It's, it's crazy, that number. So that's, the goal difference isn't going to get made up, clearly. No. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Leeds and I, I think it comes down to the final day of the season. Correct. Uh, and Leeds are playing and Burnley are playing. So yeah. let's switch it to Burnley, Tim, because, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Jackson, amazing first four games with mm-hmm. three wins and a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, they take a pretty heavy beating yeah. at home to Aston Villa. 3-1, yeah. uh, the Villains won there, and, and really good play from their attacking players. Can Burnley go again? I mean, we didn't, well, it's hard to keep a close eye on yeah, all the games. Yeah. It's one of those that we didn't get a really close eye. Well, You worried for them? You know, Mike Jackson, I think, has done a good job, certainly, of... Galvin, you know, new manager bump, right? Galvanizing that team to 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 kind of kickstart them yeah, a little find bit. Some results, they yeah. found some results. It was obviously not going to continue, um, you know, every single game. I, I I think I think Burnley need to find a point, at least two points, maybe somewhere in here. And I, it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really difficult, you know. It's between them leads in it. I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know why I'm saying that. Everton have only got one point more. It just no, feels it feels, like. But, but Everton also have a game in hand as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just feels as if that last game of the season. And I I can't see them getting anything in the next two games, either Burnley or Leeds. Mm. It comes down to, to Burnley versus Newcastle and Leeds versus, versus Brentford on last day. Yeah. Well, let's switch it to a different area of the league table and Chelsea. Uh, and there's got tons of stories itself. We know that, mm. that, that Todd Bowley is very close to being kind of confirmed as a new mm. owner of the football club, along with investment funds and different Swiss billionaires, etc., etc., etc. Got to say, not playing well, Tim. No. Two-two, no, they seem cruising. Allow Wolves back into it for, for some reason. Chelsea's defenses looks mm-hmm. absent. We know that mm-hmm. they're going to be losing certain players. Rudiger's going to go. Thiago Silva is going to stay. Uh, Christensen's possibly going to go as well. Are we? Are we worried about Chelsea in any way? Like, what are your thoughts on Chelsea right now? What are your thoughts on Christian Pulisic? That's what mm. I want to get from you. And, and Romelu Lukaku. You know big Rom yeah. really well from your time together, of course, playing in England. Yeah. What, what are your sense with Chelsea right now? Disappointed in Chelsea. Um, when I look at them, they're in third place. They're, they're, a, million, they're, they're a million miles away from the title. I mean, and the money they spent... And them and everybody else, by the way, because Liverpool and Man City are so far ahead. But the money they spent last transfer window, the one before that when you had you had Ziyech and Werner yeah, and Havertz, they yeah. spent a lot of money. And you bring in Lukaku this year, whether he vibes and gels with the manager, again, we don't know that, right? We also know Roman Abramovich, who's, who's sold the club, has made a lot of personal choices, and that's worked in the past. But I just look at it and I think to myself, they should be far better than they are. And my question is, which I don't quite have the answer to yet, mm. when Thomas Tuchel came in for his first 12 months, and I said this on air, everything he touched turned to gold. They were, they were phenomenal. Not only did they not give up goals, they didn't give up chances. No. I mean, you were, you, were, you were watching that thinking, yeah, they, one good chance a game the opposition got. They were, and now you can't, you can't obviously do that all the time, but things haven't been clicking. There just seems like there's some dissension in the camp. And look, I, I, I hope under the new ownership it's slightly different. Rome, Ron, Ron, it's settle down now, Tim. It? It's probably going to settle down. They yeah. can do some trading, player yeah. trading in the summer. As they will, but because here's the thing. Chelsea had set a standard, or a precedent, I should say, 
it, the club's always been about player power under Roman Abramovich. The, there was that, that set of players who could get a manager hired, fired, <laughs> and so it didn't really manage, ma- matter who the manager was. And I think we're getting to the point now where we see the successful teams, Manchester City and Liverpool, it does matter who the manager is. You know, Arsenal's having success by backing their manager. Yeah. And so that is important. And, I, and again, we hope Manchester United do the same thing with Ten Hag. So Thomas Tuchel is brilliant. He's, he's a brilliant manager. We know that. We've seen what he can do. But, yeah, I think things need to settle down a little bit at Chelsea. I quite enjoyed Timo Werner alongside with Lukaku. Lukaku scored both goals, of course, the penalty, yeah, and then a really yeah. nice finish from assist from Christian Pulisic. Huh. Now, Pulisic, we've talked about him a lot. He's been in and out the side. You know, we, we saw that the the tweet from his father, sure. talking about his son's disappointment, and it's tough for him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I kind of liked him in behind the front, too. If, did you expect a little more from Pulisic? I mean, it's a massive move, and it's a big mm. club, and, and it's really difficult to be in a, a starting player, a certain yeah. starting player, the yeah. size of this club. Has he done himself justice? Mm. Is there more to come? I, I think he has. Um, here's why. Look, I'll, I'll probably say something controversial here. It's because he's, you know, American players have always and will always have to fight for that respect. When I watch Christian Pulisic play, I think whether it's underneath, underneath the strikers, wide of a front three, he's dangerous. Yeah. He looks like he belongs. He doesn't let his team down, doesn't let himself down. And yet, he, he, things have been used against him. He travels too much, you know, the, too far for, for the national team, so there's a lot of miles on his legs and all that stuff. I, I think if he was a European player, he'd play, play every game. I, I do. And again, I'm, I'm not slating anybody off. I'm not. Just having experienced that as an American player. You're always having, year in, year out, you're always having to fight for the respect because when I look at him, and maybe you can tell me differently, he doesn't really let you down. When he's given... The only thing I would say to him, and I, and I, I, I respect mm. that answer and stuff, and it's just what, how I see mm. it is I've seen brilliant moments from Christian Pulisic. Yep. Now, I think at a club like Chelsea, and, and I, I say this, and I, I don't know whether it's the same for every player, by the way, so it comes back mm. to your point, but... But is he consistent enough? I sometimes feel there's, there's moments in games or large periods where I'm like, well, is Pulisic playing? He's, he's gone quiet. Mm. He seems to have two of them. Maybe other players have quiet games as well, mm. which is back to your point that the, the, the manager doesn't really fully trust him. Yeah. I feel that's, that's the last hurdle for Pulisic is to be, is to be more confident, more mm. demanding. Give me the ball. Let, you know, and be a little bit not cocky or, or swagger, but influence the mm. game more through his personality mm. and... And, and, and try and, I don't know, affect it more with, with the production. I mean, this sort of player is always judged on assists, goals, yeah, yeah. how he affects the game going forward. Is that fair? But he's, it, well, a little bit unfair. Here's why. He, when I say he hasn't let his team down, he's, he's a consistent performer. Okay, maybe you're not getting 10 goals and 10 assists from him, but he's a consistent performer. I've watched, I've watched Timo Werner not be able to hit the broadside yeah. of a barn for weeks <laughs> and for months and continue to get selected. Right, mm. and I just think to myself, if that if if that was an American player, and again, I, I've experienced this. So well, when I, I speak about yeah. this, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. Like, there's no way that an American player would get the rub of the green, right? If he wasn't hitting the target, you know, and going through one on one. So, like, fair play, fair play to for Team Inverter for continuing to work and get. But I do think it's used against him because we're hypercritical of him in the moments when he ha- isn't quote unquote producing. Yeah. But again, he gets on the ball. He gets turned. You know, you look at this this week. His passes, the weight of his passes, the assist to Romelu Lukaku. That's yeah, what I see him doing good, quite yeah. often. 
Yeah. yeah. Last last point on them. I just want to ask you about uh, Lukaku a little bit more. Mm. <sighs> Assuming that everything's going to go through by yeah. the end of May yeah. and the, the window opens, are we going to see Lukaku next season, Tim? Do you mm. think at Chelsea, or, or is there yeah. a division there that's that doesn't make sense for it to continue the partnership? Uh, or could he go again? No, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning towards him not being at Chelsea. Here's why. You know, when we talk about when we talk about Christian just now, Pulisic, and we talk about his demeanor, right? I, I don't think he's the type, nor should he be, by the way, where he's going to raise the roof and, and scream and shout. But I think Lukaku, with, with the bravado he has, with the ego in a really good way that he has, he, by the way, he's, he's one of, he, certainly in the recent times, one of the best goal scorers mm-hmm. in Europe, mm-hmm. most highly sought after. He wants to play football. He wants to play football. So I can mm-hmm. assure you, he will be having conversations. Yeah. And, just, and look, and, and Chelsea should as well. There's a lot of money invested in him. Yeah. So if, if he's not for, the, for them, or if the manager doesn't love him, or it doesn't suit his style, that's go no to, problem. Yeah, go go ahead and get out of the door. But I, I guarantee Lukaku has had conversations with his agent to say, let's get something sorted here because there's not, not working. I would be astounded. I'd have to pick my jaw up off the floor if Lukaku is at Chelsea next year mm. sitting on the bench. Couldn't see it. No, I agree. All right, let's switch it out to, uh, to the south of England, Brighton mm-hmm. and Hove Albion. My goodness, what mm-hmm. a story. What a, what a team, by the way. Can you lose five or six on the spin <laughs> and, then, and then play beautiful football? They outplayed Manchester United, Tim, to win the game 4-0. Goals from all parts of the side, some lovely football, some clever moments, some great finishes. <laughs> I mean, it does get to a point with Man United where you, yeah. you sort of lose, I, I, you know, not the will to, it's like, this is rock bottom, isn't it? I mean, mm. I, I, we'll talk Brighton a little mm. before we move on. Um, are we at rock bottom now with Man United, Tim? And I'll tell you where we're a little bit different on this, and I, and, and, and I think you're probably going to be right about it. When Ralph Ragnick came in, I thought, you know what? Mm. Sensible. Very different. Smart, respected, ta- ta- technical, tactical. I thought I saw some improvements early on. Mm. I don't think you were ever really convinced with this mm. appointment, and you've been frustrated with him with the football, with the interviews. And I've got to say, where it's gone from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, mm. by the way, that wasn't in a great place. Yeah. That's where they made the change. It's worse. It's worse. And it's a lot worse under yeah. Ralph Ragnick. Now, there might be other reasons for that. Interim, the, the player's not really wanting to buy into this guy because yeah. it's temporary short term. Um, just give me some big picture. I mean, this is a shocking result. We've gone from, from sadness to disappointment to yeah. anger yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to embarrassment for Manchester United. I mean... Are we as low as we're going to see mm. Manchester United for, for as we move forward? Well, you, ma- you mentioned it yesterday uh, at the Kentucky Derby. You said we've been through the gamut of emotions with yeah. Manchester United. <laughs> we're, we're upset, disappointed, angry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've had a saying throughout my career that says, always be careful about rock bottom because there's a trap door. <laughs> and, and that's what I feel like with Manchester United because I just look at it and I think they've been this low before. You know that you know right after Sir Alex Ferguson, not this low. Well, been, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of points, and then they wanted, and then they wanted, they wanted different managers, and they they clamored for. They need a project. They need a plan. When I when I look, Pep was an easy one, right? They have a plan at Manchester City because of Pep. Klopp had a plan. Mikel Arteta at Arsenal have a plan. Manchester United yeah. are in that upper echelon of a club. They need a plan. They have it. Yeah, that's why I didn't like the Ralph Ragnick hire because I just thought. This is a stopgap. What what massive major top five, top ten it's club? It's hard to get a manager. In, well, like. yeah, it is. But you know what? Pay an astronomical fee. Figure it out because you need to get somebody. You need to get the right person. Do I think they got the right person? Ten Hag, I do. I do. I, the more I dig into 
who he is in magic. He's strong. He's firm. Oh, this is a different size club, though, too. I, I, I get this that. Is a, this is a whole different... I, I, to, you know, I understand that. I, but, but, but irregardless of that, that can't be used against him. If, if that's the person they're going to bring mm-hmm. in, then they have to him. back him. They have mm-hmm. to get behind him. His ideas, his philosophy, his players, his recruitment, it all has to be with his vision in mind. Um, Ronaldo. Mm. So me and Earl talk about him, and I think we're on the same page yeah. where with what he's done, and I know, see, like Graham so I feel like thinks that the club have got to move on from Ronaldo, and, and you know, you want to, st- you know, establish a different style, sure. the high press, like the, most teams are doing right now, and, and he's not really that guy. Mm-hmm. What do you feel? Do you feel it's better for him to, to move on and let the new manager start without that massive personality in the yeah. dressing room yeah. that everybody looks up to as a distraction? Or is it great to have him there and his goals and the way that he'll, you know, I think Anthony Alanga, Tim, you talked about that. Yeah. There's a, obviously a relationship between yeah. them. You know, he's mentoring a little bit. He cares for him. He talks to him a lot. Yeah. Should he stay? Absolutely. A hundred percent he should stay. I, 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 I scoff at the idea that he should, he should leave. He doesn't fit the system. You don't have to fit any system, any player in the world. Scoring, getting a 20 to 25 goal goal scorer is gold dust. Yeah. I keep talking about this plan that, that Ten Hag should implement, will implement. When you look at managers who have, I don't know, been at a football club for four, five, six years, if you go back to their first year, the plan was in place, the shell was in place. But sure, certain players are going to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jurgen Klopp, he had Bobby Firmino in there, scores the yeah. goals. He started to phase him out. Yeah. Do I think Manchester United under Ten Hag can start to build the shell of what they're going to mm. look like. And still have him involved. And still have him involved yeah. as a 25-goal goal scorer. Mm. Yeah, you go in, you talk to him. And, by the way, he's the fittest guy on the pitch. He can still, he, he can, you, can, yeah. you can still start your defending high up with him that you want. He's going to get you goals. Right. So even if you have to compromise that a little but bit. But he's never been, a, never been a presser. He's never, never. been a hard worker with that Never, ball. because I can tell you what they, what they can do. They can take him out of the team. They can sell him. They can go buy someone who's a presser. I can get you 25 goals. Yeah. So there's a way yeah. that Ten Hag can come in, clean slate. I, I mentioned it to you yesterday. The way that Anthony Alonga looks up to, you can just tell the way yeah. that he looks up to him. And by the way, I've played with Ronaldo. I've watched him for, for a decade plus. He doesn't take everybody under his wing. He really looks like he's taken mm. Anthony Alonga under his wing. And that's a great thing for Manchester United. Mm. I want to switch to Brighton. Mm. And um, I, I'm just I'm fascinated by mm. a manager like Graham Potter. That, that don't look like a million bucks <laughs> like some of the other guys yeah. with his clothes and with yeah, his yeah, look yeah. and all that. But my goodness, I, I enjoy his football, Tim. Mm-hmm. And I know that we, you can criticize potentially about Brighton. <clears throat> they have all this possession sure. and don't create enough score enough goals. Yeah, but hang on a minute. This is Brighton. Yeah. And they play entertaining football. They're going to finish way above. I think it's 15th is the best they've ever yep. managed before yep. in the top flight. They're ninth right now, 47 points, scoring goals, outplaying Manchester United. Um, I'm going to pick out my underappreciated performer, a player that I've had my eye on quite a long time, and we joke and laugh about it. Mark <laughs> Cucurea, this yeah. young Spanish fullback yeah. that, by the way, has been playing as a left-sided centre-back, which is way different for him. He scores a goal in this game, a really nice goal down the left-hand side, play develops, smashes it into the goal. Cucurea, I, I watched him a lot in the Olympics. We both covered the Olympics, Tim, for NBC, and he was part of the Spanish team, <clears throat> a very talented side. And, of course, in this tour, a great thing about covering these tournaments is mm. looking at young players. Like mm. These are all, like, mostly under-23s. And Cucurea with some of the... Rodri was there for the Barcelona kid. There's so many good players in that side. And I thought, 
This Kukurelli, he can play. Yeah. He'd be a good pickup for somebody. And then, of course, the weeks go on, and then you get the signings, and Brighton signed this kid. So I've been really interested to see how he's done. He's done great. I thought he's had a good game. Underappreciated because I think he's really, really good. The age that he's at, maybe he's going to get some, some looks from some bigger clubs. Yeah. But I think another example, and it's so, it's so different, these two clubs in terms of budget, but it's so different in terms of well-run club. Mm -hmm. Brighton is a well-run club. I say all the time, two parts, recruitment and the coach. They've got a fantastic recruitment department. Caicedo, the guy who scores the first goal. Ecuadorian, 20 years of age. I mean, there's tons of them. McAllister, Alex, Alexis McAllister. There's others. Stephen Ozate, I like. They go out to all corners of the world and yeah. bring in some really good young players. And they've done it again with Kukurea. So, well done, Brighton. Well-run club. Excellent day. 4-0 against Manchester United. Okay. Whipping around quickly now on the other results, my friend. Crystal Palace won Watford. <laughs> I say quickly, but there's always a story <laughs> to tell. Watford relegated now yeah. under Roy Hodgson. First relegation for him, certainly not for Watford. Just quick, Tim, we don't want to go into mega detail of all these clubs, but it's time to say goodbye to Watford in the Premier League. Yeah. I think we know. And by the way, you know, we follow these teams all the way through. It is kind of one story. It is about the ownership. It is about yes. their style. They've yes. had three managers again. Yeah. Uh, and all the change of the players, you know, they get players in so easily. But there's a reason why these players are available to come in. Yeah. Kamara today made mistakes, had a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. There's so much chopping and changing around him. And, some, and it's worked before in the past. And I've kind of said to Rebecca, you know what? Whatever, whatever mm. it takes. If you're going to do a load of recruitment, you put a team together, you hire yeah. a coach, you stay in the division. That's great. Sure. That's kind of gone away now. Yeah. And do you think we're, we're on the way out of Watford doing it that particular way? I think so, because... I when I, I listened to um, the, the board release a statement not long ago, and they yeah. talked about just how the hire and fire method that they've, they've implemented has started not only to affect results on the pitch, but it started to affect their reputation off the pitch. And I think that's right. I think it's a little bit crazy. It's different when you're spending Chelsea money like Roman Abramovich did, and then he can name his managers. Mm. But even then, he's not high. I mean, it almost became kind of a laughing stock. I mean, three managers the in a season. Thing, Tim. Yeah. I think it was seven games. It was seven points. I remember tweeting yeah. out something like, I mean, actually, I remember walking in the studio. I remember one of those things like, he's been fired. I'm like, what? what? I mean, they're, they're not in the... They, yeah. they started pretty well. Yeah. And he's been fired. Like, I couldn't believe it. And then I got so, a few social media things saying, well, he's been heading this way for a long time. We need more experienced manager. Okay. Well, yeah. let's wait and well, see how... You got an experienced well, manager. That's, yeah. But that's the thing. There's a balance between I'm the owner and I can do what I want. Absolutely. I agree with that theory. But then it starts to border on silliness. You know, yeah. when, when, when you're firing a manager, at, listen, if you're, if you're City and you have seven, seven points out of seven games, okay, maybe. But Watford, they're in a decent position. That's a like, point a game. It's, That's probably going to yeah. give them up 38 points. Yeah, if it's yeah. kind, of, kind of silly. So they need to get away from that. The problem is getting back. I know they, they, they've done that yo-yo thing a little bit, but it's hard getting out of the championship. So, yeah, hopefully Roy Hodgson, as he said, yeah, he's he'll, leaving. He'll leave, yeah. Bring in a manager, back the manager, give him a little <laughs> bit of time. We've heard this story before. Now, I'm, I'm also not saying, I'm not someone who says, I'll give the manager all sorts of time. No, no, but yeah, give him a little bit of time. Mm, exactly right. A couple of games, Tim, just to talk on real quick. Brentford 3, Southampton 0. I mean, just a quick line. Amazing season for Brentford. Yeah, one of the, yeah. the, the, the one team that's going to stay in the division. Uh, incredible job Thomas Frank has done. Christian Eriksen, things seem to turn around when mm -hmm, he uh, mm -hmm. um, came to the football club. Southampton, funny side. I had him going down to start of the season. Mm -hmm. I was embarrassed about three months ago when they were doing great. They're kind of 15th. They mm -hmm. got 40 points. They're going to go fine. But they're a funny side. Anything that, that stands out yep. in the Brentford 3 no victory? Well, no, 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 nothing that you didn't say. They had plenty of season. Question for you. Quick answer. Can, can they keep Christian Eriksen? 
I think they will can, they? I, I think they can keep him. Will they? You know what? I want to say yes mm. because I, I, I think I don't know him, but just getting a feel of what he's like, he appreciated what Brentford has done. Yeah, There's a ton of Danish influence there, of course, throughout staff and players, and he's enjoyed himself. And, and I'm one for like Tim. When you see a player playing great, mm. the fans love him. He's yeah. effective. He's enjoying his football. Well, stay, yeah. stay. I mean, he's thirty. I mean, you're going to go somewhere else, and the pressure becomes intense. The, I, 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 and I might be wrong there, but, I, but I'm saying yes. Yeah. I think he's enjoyed where he's at. He appreciates the situation that he's at. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, such a quality player. Yeah. I love watching him play. And the final game, Norwich, now another team uh, that's, I guess, nothing to play for right now. My, my mate Dean Smith there will try and uh, reset in the summer and mm-hmm. get him back from the championship. Uh, Norwich nil, West Ham 4. Incredibly disappointed for West Ham United on Thursday. Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah. Cresswell got sent off. They go behind in the game. I mean, the West Ham supporters are, are so, were so excited about this run, potential Champions League spot. Um, so they're out now. I mean, brilliant character from them. You know the yeah. most, David Moyes. No surprise, really. They bank back with a victory. I've got one question for you. Sure. I was thinking today. If it wasn't for the Europa League, and I know they're going to go for it totally, if they weren't in the Europa League, Tim, given how we've seen Arsenal, Spurs, Man United capitulate at times, mm. I mean, West Ham United... If it wasn't for these Thursdays and the excitement mm. around that and, and throwing... I don't, I don't think Moyes throws all his eggs in one basket, yeah. per se. I think he's put strong teams out. Could they have finished in the top four through the league? I, I don't think so, because I think there are a few players short. Look, that being said, I think Lanzini's come back. Yeah, he's come back you, well. You know, he's come back well. But look, Ben Ramos had a fantastic season. Bowen, brilliant season again. Mikel Antonio, we know what he can do. He does the business. I think they're just a player short. Declan Rice mm. for me is phenomenal. Yeah. Declan Rice and Suchek together. Mm. Uh, there's something missing from them, and I can't really pinpoint it. They had some defensive injuries, but they, I feel like they need a little bit more spark or pizzazz in in that front area. I'd actually love to see see them play in a two up front with with Antonio. Give him a bit more yeah. help with a proper another striker, or even you know when he doesn't play, they can swap them out because really they're so heavily reliant on on Bowen and Antonio for the goals, it's, it's difficult. I can't see him getting in the top four. Though. Last tough question before we wrap up things. Declan Rice, mm. is he a West Ham player next season, yes or no? <laughs> um, look, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think, it's, I think the money that's, that someone's willing to pay for him, mm. which, by the way, I'd pay anything for him because I think he's that good. I love him. Yeah, he's great. Um, I, I, may, maybe he stays one more season. Mm, and that's not the question you asked me. Maybe he stays one more season. But, but that's, go. but that's if they're lucky. I think yeah. if they're lucky, he stays next season. But other than that, no. Tim Howard, you're a ledge, mate. Thank you very much <laughs> you for jumping in. Brilliant, brilliant work. I appreciate you coming on. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks, All right, next episode is on Thursday, May the 12th. This Thursday, recapping midweek Premier League action. Uh, matches on Tuesday, I believe, is Aston Villa versus Liverpool. Uh, Wolves and Man City Wednesday. Um, and the North London Derby on Thursday. So lots of big stories again this midweek. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy Mother's Day, or I hope you had a good Mother's Day. Stay safe, take care, and we will see you and speak to you next time. <laughs>